It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Bengals Podcast on a Thursday. I'm James Erpine. It's great to have you in. Make sure you check out LockedOnBengals.com. I talked about Paul Alexander, the former offensive line coach, the quote about him backing a boy he and Fisher. It's on LockedOnBengals.com. I wrote about it. So you can check that out. Follow me on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can get Locked On Bengals. If you're new here, it's pretty simple. I'm James Rapine, host of Locked On Bengals. We do this every single weekday, give you an inside look at the Cincinnati Bengals organization, at the franchise, and it's great to have you in. Thank you so much for joining us and Without further ado, let's welcome in my guy, Joe Goodberry, who is with us now on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, I appreciate the time. As always, last time we talked, well, we weren't sure about some of the coaches. It was the Marvin Lewis returns talk. And now that we know Marvin's back, we know that some of the assistants have changed. Paul Gunther, no longer with the team. Paul Alexander, no longer with the team. I want to get your thoughts on Frank Pollock, the new offensive line coach, and let's start with Terrell Austin, the new defensive coordinator. What do you think about the new hires? Yeah, I thought uh, losing Paul Gunther on defense uh, could have been a blow. I think he's a decent coordinator, so losing him and not really knowing the direction, uh, Marvin Lewis wasn't uh, you know, exactly saying they'd stay 4-3-3-4 three, three, last time we talked to him or last time he talked, and then they bring in Terrell Austin, and you see, okay, this is somebody that will come in and bring a lot of the same things that they were already doing, which is what you kind of want because you feel like this defense wasn't too far off of where you want them to be, you know, if not next year and the year after. So what will he bring differently is you'll get a little bit more man coverage, a little bit more press man, which I think is a good thing, especially when you see the emergence of William Jackson this past year. If he's going to be an elite corner for them and a guy that can change your defense, you want to go into more man coverage, even if it may hurt other guys like Drake Kirkpatrick or maybe even Derek West Denard a little bit more. It'll help your best player back there. And then they'll do a little bit more wide nine uh, on the defensive line. What that is, your edge guys, your defensive ends, uh, will just be a, a shade outside a little bit more. And th- it'll, it'll hurt you a little bit against the run, especially on the edges. Um, the, if you watch the Lions games, they had a lot of trouble uh, uh, defending the edge against the run. And it, you could think of even the Bengals versus Lions, Giovanni Bernard, had no problem really running on, on the outside edge against them. But what it'll do is it'll give you better angles 
um, as a pass rusher and as as a defensive end, you, you having being outside just a little bit more gives you that inside move a little bit easier because that tackle's got to kick out a little bit wider. Um, it helps you if you're a little bit stiffer bending and getting around the corner. It should, it should really help a guy like Jordan Willis. Uh, it may help Carl Lawson a little bit. So uh, if they, if that's the idea is that you're helping some of your younger, better talents, uh, I like that. Uh, sign me up for that. And then on offense. I think everybody really was happy to see Paul Alexander go um, for a lot of different reasons that we talked about before on your podcast. And, and bringing in Frank Pollock, a guy who had maybe the best offensive t- line talent in the league with the Cowboys, he had some issues there. And it looked like they wanted to move on and get some new, new blood in. But for us, uh, we'll take that because it, it feels like such a big improvement to go from a guy who couldn't get his talent to, to work together in Paul Alexander to a guy who found a way to get his talent to, to work together and become one of the best units in the NFL. Uh, and he's, his specialty is a wide zone, so it's going to be much different for us this time for the Bengals. They're going to run it to the outside a little bit more. They're going to need a center that has some athleticism. They're going to need offensive linemen that has athleticism to get to those blocks in front. You're going to see more cut blocks on the backside. I think it's going to fit Giovanni Bernard and, and Joe Mixon much more. Uh, they're not going to be as good of a power man team, but that's okay. Uh, from what I was told, he's not so much a technician or a coach that's going to develop talent, but he's a motivator and a guy that will get everyone to work together and gel together and understand what they're doing so everyone's on the same page. And that's a big factor because you get everyone working together on the offensive line. They should be a symbiotic unit that works together. Um, and if that's the case, you can work with less talent and get better production. And so I like both moves. Um, I, I, I think, you know, for the most part, it helps your young guys. I, I think it helps Jordan Willis and William Jackson on defense, maybe even Carl Lawson. And I think it helps Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon. And that's really where you're building your offense uh, for the next few years. Joe, Paul Alexander made a comment to Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com, and he said, and it's not a surprise that he defended Cedric Abwehi and Jake Fisher. He said, everyone's going to hammer Cedric and Fisher, but a year from now you'll say, Paul was right, these guys are good. You've watched every snap of Cedric Abwehi and Jake Fisher's career in the NFL. Have you seen anything, any promising signs, any reason to believe that now with Frank Pollock, that maybe, just maybe, the talent is there and they could have success? I would say the scheme will fit them better with Pollock. Uh, like I said, you want athleticism in the wide zone stuff, and that's going to help Fisher and, and Abwehi. They're not going to have to be power run-blocking downhill guys as much, and that was the problem, I think, with, with uh, Paul Alexander's they didn't recognize the talents they had sometimes. They, whether they add Russell Bodine to this mix, too, where they would ask these guys to do things that they're not capable of doing. And it was, it was maddening at times. It took them a long time to adjust. It felt like they wanted to run what they wanted out of that position, regardless of who was in there. And they felt like plugging the next guy, and he should be able to do the job. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you need the coaching to change to the players, or you change the players that fit the coaching, and they didn't either. And so, yes, maybe there's potential there for those guys to to be better. I think knowing Fisher had an illness that he needed taken care of, and it was a reason why they were limiting his snaps, and a reason why maybe he couldn't, um, you know, keep his consistency up. So there's potential he turns it around. A boy, he on the other hand, I I think. what he showed from college to NFL having the same issues in different schemes, I'm a little less hopeful for him, although I thought there were times where I didn't notice him at all this year, where as the first year starting in 2016, he couldn't go five plays without noticing a negative play. So he took a small step forward, but at the end of the day, I think if they want to have a successful offense next year, they need to look for 
competent starters at those positions. And, and if that's the case, um, these guys aren't going to get the chance to prove him right. You mentioned Russell Bodine. He's going to be a free agent this offseason. Is that a guy that, like knowing the Bengals, I could totally see Russell Bodine extension coming. Is that something that you, watching the film, looking at him, regardless of the money, I, you know they're not going to throw crazy money at him, but you think that you'd be okay with them keeping Russell Bodine around with a contract extension? The only thing that makes me think I'd be okay with it is really the only starter that you know you have in your back pocket is Clint Bowen. Mm-hmm. And I think the other guys flashed a little bit, whether that be Trey Hopkins or Alex Redman or Christian Westerman. Um, and even you can include Bodine, uh, uh, Boyhee and Fisher in that conversation too because they're all potentially young guys that, that I don't know if we've seen the very best out of them yet. So you only have bowling. And from there, if you want to say, okay, at least we know what we have in Bodine, we're pretty confident you can get a 1,000 snaps out of him. This guy plays every single snap. That is a quality. That is something you would like. Um, and you say, okay, we'll sign him for cheap and start him at center. I don't have a problem with that. I think the problem emerges when they think he's the answer and defend him as if he was. You know, Paul Alexander did that, and they didn't bring in any competition at center, and they didn't try anybody else at center. So if you say you're going to sign him and it doesn't cost a lot and to the point where now you can bring in somebody, you can draft somebody, or even bring in a free agent and make it an open competition, uh, I think that's fine. That's perfectly fine with me because it solidifies one position you can worry about the right guard spot, whether that's competition between the guys you have, whether that's a, a, a draft pick or a free agent in the same at tackle. And then it allows you to, to, to go back to center and, and play the best player. So if that's, if that's the, the way they go, I'm okay with that. If it's give Bodine money that he wouldn't have got anywhere else, because we've kind of seen that sometimes with them, with their free agents and their, their veteran guys that they like. If they do that and then don't bring in competition, I, I think that's an issue. And I don't think Bodine fits Frank Pollock's wide zone scheme at all. It's going to be a tough match matchup if, um, if he thinks he can just plug him in and, and keep going. When you look at the draft, I know you've started to watch prospects at least a little bit. How deep of a class is this for offensive linemen? And including, because we focus on the, the tackle positions, but including the center position, because I think that's a position they should consider addressing in the draft as well. Yeah, it's it's a good draft class for offensive line, and especially at the top. And anytime you're top heavy, it's going to reverberate down to the second and third round. And and I that's why I don't think it's directly the most important thing. Everyone right now, you know, it's 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 January still, and everyone's so you have to take it off at the lineman at twelve. There's a lot that's going to change still with with players and where they're ranked, how they perform in the Senior Bowl, which is extremely important uh, next week, and then the, the combine, which also is very important. And then free agency is going to change that, too. And so it's hard to make s- such sure statements right now about players and who the Bengals should take. But having said that, because there's probably four offensive tackles plus a guard, so five guys that go in the top 20, um, it's going to push guys into the second round. And because of that, I think you could look at other positions at 12 and then come in the second round and say, okay, well, yeah, we've, we've signed one starter in free agency. Um, we're going to draft a tackle here, draft a guard in the third round, if that's the case, or center. And, you know, you can do that because I think the, the talent's going to be there. But it, if you get a guy, and I, I just watched him recently because uh, everyone said he's a, is, is the best offensive lineman in the draft, but Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. he was a left guard for them. I, he's fantastic. He is the, probably the best player in the draft. I mean, he looks like a guy that is an all-pro from day one, a kind of guy that you, that completely changes your your offensive scheme and you know all your offensive line. And he's 
strong, he's powerful, but he's nasty, and he's super smart, um, great in pass protection. If somehow he was there at 12, I don't have a problem. And then the, before I watched him, I thought, you know, I don't really want to take a guard because of how they treated Kevin Zeitler, who was a good player for them, and they let him be a five-year rental and walk because they didn't value his position. So how do you spend another top 15 pick on the same position? Is it just going to be another five-year rental? But then you watch him, you say he's so good that he can make your line that much better next year. Um, then I understand the pick. And then you have other guys, too, like Mike McGlinchey or Connor Williams, Orlando Brown. I think they're all different a little bit. I think McGlinchey is the one left tackle out of that group. Uh, and if he's there at 12, also from Notre Dame, I think you can do it. Plug and play is your left tackle for the future. Um, the other guys are probably right tackles. And then you get into the second round, there's a lot of guards. There's a lot of centers. I think Billy Price. The Ohio State center, probably the best center in this draft, um, probably goes in the second round. He compares favorably to Pat Elfline from Ohio State last year. Like well, Elfline didn't go into the third round. And um, and and Price, I think he's, he's he's probably locked to go in that second round range. And if the Bengals could come away with two offensive linemen starting, I've got no problem with that. I do think there's other positions of need, but you know, with the talent this year, it could be the best player available at both picks. We'll get back to my interview with Joe Goodberry in just a second, but first a word from my bookie because where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the place to be. And right now, if you use promo code locked on, you're going to get up to a 50% bonus. So whether you're taking the Pats plus nine, or minus nine, rather, you're taking the Jags plus nine, or you're looking at the Vikings as road favorites minus three against the Eagles, either way you go, you should do it at mybookie with promo code locked on. They have a nice, super convenient mobile site. It's great stuff. I use it right from my iPhone. I can log on to mybookie.ag. Bet from there, and up until last week. Last week, I had a four-team parlay, all four games. I felt confident, and I almost nailed it if it wasn't for Stefan Diggs. Don't get your heart broken. Get it right this week with mybookie.ag. Promo code locked on. I still ended up with, you know, well ahead, but I could have ended up well, well ahead last week. Thank you, Stefan Diggs. Go Eagles! <laughs> Check out mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Again, promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe, let's let, let's stick with the draft. And what are some other positions? I know we've talked off air uh, about Roquan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia. Who are some other positions, some other guys that you think might be there at 12 that could that, that the Bengals could take because what it reminds me of you said it's a really deep class for offensive linemen a year ago we were talking about defensive linemen and how the Bengals needed to, to upgrade the pass rush and boost the pass rush and everyone was focused on that in January and they were able to do it in rounds three and four so it, it yeah. sounds like maybe they might go elsewhere with that 12th pick what are some positions you think positions of need that the Bengals could address I think that's a great point, James. Uh, we were focused on defensive ends at that pick, and there, it turned out that there wasn't a guy worth that spot. And because it was so deep, 
you get Jordan Willis and Carl Lawson and Ryan Glasgow too, who was, who was a solid rookie. Um, and day two, day three picks. That's that could happen on the offensive line again, even though you probably need four starters. But again, we've kept saying that if they are going to rebuild this offensive line, they're going to have to dip into free agency there. So what could they do in the first round at other positions? We we've talked about Roquan Smith. Watching him lately, um, I would be ecstatic if they were able to get him at 12. I think he is, is Patrick Willis-like. He's super athletic, but he's powerful in his compact frame. I only think he's about 6'1", 230, and he brings a lot of power with that. He's a sure tackler. When his back foot hits and he goes forward to, to, to click and close on the ball carrier, he's lightning quick, and he takes perfect angles to the ball carrier. I would love to have a guy like that inside. Um, but Today, Mel Kuyper had a, a mock draft come out, and they had Tremaine Edward, Edmonds, um, linebacker. Mm-hmm. And now, this from Virginia Tech, this is a guy who's rising late up the boards because he looks like a defensive end. He's 6'5", and he's lanky, but he is a tremendous athlete. And he looks like a guy who could rush off the edge, but he looks like a guy who will be great in coverage. He has a lot of good awareness plays, but you can tell he's a little bit raw. Um, he's a linebacker, though, and for the Bengals, I, I would love to add a guy like that who's versatile and unique at the same time. They could use a stud player in that front seven. Um, even though we, they do have Carlos Dunlap and Lawson and Atkins, you feel like Atkins and, and Dunlap get, get lost at times, and, and with the availability of Vontaze Perfect at you know, playing maybe 50% of the snaps, linebacker is still a need for them. And I like Nick, Nick Vigil, but I thought he had a down year for what we expected. Um, if they added a starting linebacker, and it doesn't have to be in round one at 12, but I think the talent could be there where if it's a Roquan Smith, he may be your best player available, and to get him at 12 would be, would be a home run. But I also think we should look at tight end because you could still use weapons on this offensive line. Um, I mean, on this offense in general. It, Tyler Croft had a really good year. But as a number two, he's not really scaring anyone. He's not running downfield. He's not He's not winning because of his route running or athleticism. He's more of a big body with good hands. Um, and he can be a really good number two tight end. But if you could get a guy that's an athlete, a guy that can win isolated matchups, that maybe you can split out wide and do some different things with him like you could do with Tyler Eifert. And I'm saying this as if they don't bring Eifert back. And even if they do, if it's on a one-year prove-it deal, then you could maybe spend a, a, a pick on tight end. And it doesn't have to be the first round again, but if it's in the second or third round, uh, I could see that happening. And then I think defensive tackle is still uh, a need. And they spent picks there. It's Andrew Billings, it's been Ryan Glasgow, but what they haven't picked is that three-tech penetrating athlete, a guy that can help pass rush, a guy like Geno Atkins. And I know it's hard to find Atkins, but they haven't really picked that tight. Um, Deshaun Williams, who I thought kind of flashed like Atkins in preseason, just signed with the Broncos. So it's really you've got to start over there and, and get a guy that can potentially replace Atkins in two years, but not just that, play next to him. And nickel right now, they still have um, a defensive end they kick inside, which has, has worked for them. But it's Michael Johnson and Chris Smith, two guys that aren't really you know foundation players. If you can get a defensive tackle, they can at least play that role now and replace Atkins in a couple years. I think that's, that's something you could do. And Maurice Hurst, a uh, guy from Michigan, fits that role for me. I think he adds a little bit more size, too, and maybe, maybe you can play early downs also. So I, I think some people have said safety. I like Iloka, and I, I like Sean Williams still. They have dealt with injuries. I think over the last couple of years, the, the interceptions have been down, but I think it's because they don't get tested much either. When you watch the Bengals' defense, they're, they're mostly attacking Drake Kirkpatrick, 
or that void between the safeties and the linebackers. And it's because of how the Bengals used to play with those middle linebackers so close to the line of scrimmage. There was a big void there between the safeties because they like to play the safeties deep. I think we'll see a, a little bit of a difference with Terrell Austin and his aggressive style on defense, these guys will be in much more position to make plays. So I still like Aloka and Williams. If they spend a pick on safety, um, they, I don't think the guy's going to play much. So I, that's why I, I think it would be a little bit wasted. And the upgrade there would be minimal, where you could find huge upgrades at linebacker, tight end, even defensive tackle or the offensive line. Joe, you mentioned two player or, or two positions. Linebacker with Raquan Smith and, and obviously um, tight end as well. In, in those two positions – Looking back to last year, I think a lot of our listeners are probably in their cars or however they're listening and saying, see, I told you they should have taken Reuben Foster. See, I told you they should have taken O.J. Howard in the first round. When you get that, when someone says that to you, obviously they went with John Ross. What is your response? My response is they would still need a speed wide receiver. So they, you know, even right now, I would say because we didn't get to see Ross, um, speed at wide receiver is a huge issue on this offense right now. Now we're all banking that Ross is going to fill that role, or maybe a guy like Josh Malone takes the next step in his development and fills that role. Um, but that is as big a need as any on this offensive on this offense unit right now. So they filled that, and hopefully they did with last year's pick. Now other needs emerge, and. Ruben Foster had a lot of issues. There's a reason he went 31st overall and didn't go top 10 like the talent he was. He had issues with character and, and, and injury also. And he experienced injuries, and he just got arrested himself. So he's going to be suspended. I mean, there's a reason he went as late as he did. He's a fantastic player. But um, the, the issues off the field have definitely been felt in his first year in the league. And then with O.J. Howard, um, I didn't mind O.J. Howard at all, in that, and if they would have picked him, I think that would have been fine. But you're not going to get a lot out of that rookie year at tight end. And I, I, even this year, he had decent stats, but when you watch him play-by-play, play, there was a lot of mistakes, and I had to watch tight ends for Bleacher Report and grade them. His blocking, which was a strength at Alabama, um, was not a strength this year for the, for the Buccaneers. And, you know, those guys take two or three years sometimes at tight end. That's why I want to have some foresight with this when saying the Bengals should look at tight end, because... It, you know, Croft with one year left, and then with Eifert, who knows how long he'll be here, if he's going to be here at all. Uh, you might want to take that guy this year, and then Croft's still your starter, and that tight end slowly develops into a, a role position or a guy you can use as an athlete uh, in space. And, and, and maybe in 2018, 2019, you know, those guys start to develop and, and help you. But so O.J. Howard wouldn't have been a bad pick, but they, they, if they had to have taken him or Foster, you would still need a speed-wide receiver, and then we'd be talking about it this year at 12 instead. Joe, I can't let you go without asking about the quarterbacks. You've been great with your time, but I just want to discuss the quarterback position in this draft. And obviously, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, uh, Lamar Jackson might be in there as well, Josh Allen. How do you look at it? I know you still have plenty of evaluating to do, but as of now, right now, how do you look at the quarterbacks in this draft? I look at that it's it's a deep, heavy class at the top, and... A lot of people say, well, there's not a cat miss prospect, and, there, and that's not normal. There, I mean, normally there isn't a cat miss prospect, is what I mean. Uh, Josh Rosen may be the best guy, but he's had issues with injuries. He's had issues with, uh, with um, mistakes and forcing the ball when really I'm not sure he has that physical talent to do that. I think he's a really good prospect, uh, and potentially, and you know what, for us as Bengals fans, we need to look at it as, could this guy potentially be better than Andy Dalton? Because I think at this point, we're all pretty sure of what Andy Dalton is. 
So it gives us a good Mendoza line of, is, could this guy potentially be better? All of them are worse than him right now. But could he be an upgrade? And then you're looking at physical traits. You're looking at in the innate abilities or natural traits. When, when, the, when the pocket breaks down, do they keep their eyes up? Do they, do they work through the rush? Can they remain accurate at all levels of the field when their feet aren't set or when they have to move from their initial launch point? And in accuracy, in anticipation, there are a lot of things that, that Dalton has deficiencies with that you can see flashes from these guys. And whether it's, you could be a, a developmental guy like a Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen who show high end ability, um, in every single game. Allen's statistics are terrible. Um, a lot of his tape is really bad, but he <laughs> makes some crazy throws that Dalton cannot make, will not make, and, and will never even try to make. And because of it, I go, if they had the conviction to say, this guy's our guy, you know, we think he's a franchise quarterback and we're going to take him at 12, whether that be a Sam Darnold or, or Baker Mayfield, I don't really care who it is. But if they had that type of uh, confidence in taking a guy, I would feel like, okay, you know, this is the guy. You're going to go from a guy in A.D. Dalton who's good but not spectacular, and you're going to bet it on, a, on another a similar situation to Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You'll buy right into that prospect because – the team is betting on their own franchise and their own future on a guy. So while you're watching these guys, I would just say, and if I say guys one more time, cut me off, but if, while you're watching them, watching these players, just look for the upside. Look for the potential to be better than Andy Dalton. Maybe it's a throw in the second level that Dalton hasn't hit, or maybe it's a deep pass that Dalton consistently aired out, aired out of bounds. Maybe it's avoiding the rush, keeping your eyes up, and, and going to the second and third option on a play. Whatever it is, Look for that, and, and, and that's what I'm looking for right now. I just want to know if these guys had a chance to be better than what we have now. He's Joe Goodberry. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. Joe, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and I'm sure we will talk soon. It's your, it's your Christmas. It's draft season. It is, and it's a long Christmas. It's fun. <laughs> Take care, Joe. I appreciate it. Thanks, James. Good stuff from Joe Goodberry, as always, here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. John Ledyard will join us tomorrow to discuss the East-West Shrine game here on Locked on Bengals. It's the place to be, and so is LockedOnBengals.com. If you haven't checked it out yet, check it out, adding riders by the day. You can email me, James Rapine, at ESPN1530.com, at LockedOnBengals, at James Rapine on Twitter. My direct messages are now open, by the way, for those who couldn't get through because of the whole writing thing, if they if they wanted to write. But if you don't, no problem. I just want you to listen, and I appreciate you listening. And things are going to get better and better and better as we get closer to the draft, as we dive into the offseason. And I'm just glad, I'm happy that you took the time out to listen. If you're new to the podcast, you can subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, Locked on Bengals, and LockedOnBengals.com is the place to be. Thank you so much for listening. Until tomorrow, I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.